Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. gentlemen and welcome to day eight of the pursuit of god conference 2021 i'm sure you have been richly encouraged and blessed by the men and women of god who have preached the word of god with power the refreshing times of worship and prayers over the last seven days and if this is your first time at the pursuit of god conference i'd like to say you are most welcome you know, as I stand here today, I'm truly grateful to God for his preserving my life to see another POG and for the grace to stand before you today to bring his word. I'd like to use this opportunity to honor our senior pastor here at Jesus House and my husband, Pastor Agri Ruku, for the blessing that he is to Jesus House, to the body of Christ in the UK and the world, the blessing that he is to our three children, to our family, and the blessing that he is to me. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we just thank you for today. Thank you for Pursuit of God Conference 2021. Thank you that we are alive to see it, to experience it. Thank you for what you have done in the seven days, and we thank you for today. Lord, I decrease and I ask that you fill me afresh, fill me anew, Father God. I pray that you will speak through me, O oh God, and your word will go forth and impact and change lives. And at the end of it all, you will receive all the glory, Father God, as we enter into our new day of destiny in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Well, our theme, as I'm sure if you're not joining us for the first time, you know, is a new day of destiny. And our anchor scripture is taken from that beautiful book in the Bible, Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, um, named after its author because it was written by that wise king, King Solomon. And the book of Song of Songs to some people is literally a romantic book and to others it's an allegory that speaks of our relationship with Jesus Christ, that speaks hidden truths and mysteries. And while I see the wonderful lessons that can certainly spice up our romantic relationships, I lean towards those who see the book as an allegory that really points towards our relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And so our text, Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 13, and reading from the Passion Translation says, Can you not discern this new day of destiny breaking forth around you? The early signs, God speaking of, my purposes and plans are bursting forth. The budding vines of new life are now blossoming everywhere, blooming everywhere. The fragrance of their flowers whispers, there is change in the air. So arise, my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. For now is the time to arise and come away with me. You know, this scripture brings into sharp focus what God is doing in this season. And as the scripture says, the early signs of God's plans and purposes are bursting forth. And so really, it is a new day of destiny. It is a new season. It's a new day of the signs of God's plans and purposes. The title of my message today is Seasons and Signs. Seasons and Signs. 
You know, entering into our new day of destiny that God has promised is a journey. And you know, it's interesting about the theme of journeys in Jesus' house because over the last year, we've been on a journey with Pastor Agu as through the preaching, Sunday after Sunday, he has taken us on a journey into God's promises. And it's been an exciting journey. And it's exciting that we are yet on another journey where God would have us journey into a new day of destiny, into a new season. You know, here in the United Kingdom, our climate is made up of four seasons each year. We experience spring, we experience summer, we experience autumn, and we experience winter. And all these seasons are different. And all these seasons have different characteristics, and they have different purposes. They are distinct. You really can't mistake one for another. You can't mistake spring for summer. You can't mistake winter for autumn. So there's winter. Winter. A season that is cold. The coldest season of the, amongst the seasons. The coldest season of the year. Often associated with snow and sometimes freezing temperatures. The days are short and the nights are long. And it's a period that most people really want to stay at home, stay indoors, keep warm, snuggle under the duvet, eat and watch Netflix. It's a period when animals and humans alike hibernate and both can't wait for winter to be over. And they wait expectantly and dream and plan for the next season of spring. And even though winter might appear to last for quite a while, it eventually gives away slowly but surely to the next season, the season of spring. For seasons change. Seasons always change. That's a constant about seasons. And after winter is gone, there is the emerging of the season of spring. For in spring, there is a freshness in the air. There is an air of expectancy. That new things are about to come up and come forth. That new flowers are blooming. New leaves on the tree. Rain that falls brings a much-needed freshness and a crispness to the air. And in the United Kingdom, daffodils send a clear signal that spring is here and winter is over. And the combination of rain showers and blossoming flowers and daffodils really leaves a lovely fragrance in the air. There are birds flying around, and as animals mate in spring, there is new birth. And so there is a, a, a feeling of expectancy, a sense of excitement, as we anticipate the warmer and sunnier days, the change, the new season. And to everyone listening tonight, God has given us his word. He's promised that the season of winter is over. The barrenness of winter is over. The bondages, the limitations, the restraints, and the constraints that come with winter are over. The year of 2020, as we grappled with the COVID-19 pandemic, was definitely a winter season. And whether planned or not, the lockdown kept, us all, kept all of us in some sort of hiding. There was pain. There was loss. There was discouragement. There was disappointment. There was fear. There was loss. There was trauma. But that season, that season of hiding is over. Now is the time for new seasons. Now is the time for a new season, a season of spring. And it is a season of change. It's a season of new beginnings. It's a season of the new. 
It's a season of new possibilities. It's a season of new dreams, new hopes, new aspirations. It's a new season of joy and singing, a season of new birth. It is a season of a new day of destiny. And like I said earlier, we respond differently to the different seasons. And we behave differently in the different seasons. You don't stand outside in the winter in a vest and shorts. Nor do you wear a thick winter fur coat in summer. Nor do animals hibernate in summer. And you don't plant your seed in winter. Like King Solomon said in his other book, the book of Ecclesiastes, that there is a season and a purpose for everything under heaven. And God is drawing your attention and he's drawing my attention to this new season that he wants to take us into. It is a season of change. And as we journey from one season to another, our gracious father gives us signs to keep our focus on the destination. And I want to share with you some of those signs that I have gleaned from our anchor scripture, the Song of Songs, chapter 2 that I believe will help you and I as we journey in this season, as we journey in this new season into our new day of destiny. And I would like to encourage you to use your mind. And imagine that you are driving those, down those massive six or eight lane freeways in the United States of America. And that as you drive down those highways, those freeways, you are seeing massive signs advertising everything from doctors to lawyers to lawnmowers. But in, uh, in this case tonight, in our case tonight, these massive signs in our journey into the new day of destiny is giving us messages, is advertising what God would have us to know as we go into this journey in a new season, into our new day of destiny. So sign one reads, believe God's word. You and I must believe God's word of promise to us that he is doing a new thing. The psalmist says in Psalm 102, 13, and I'm reading the Passion Translation, I know that you are about to arise and show your tender love to Zion. Now is the time, Lord, for your compassion and mercy to be poured out. The appointed time has come for your prophetic promises to be fulfilled. For God tells us that without faith, it is impossible, impossible to please him. And we want to please God. And so to please him, we must believe what he has told us. For God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said it, will he not do it? Or has he spoken, will he not make good and fulfill it? Says Numbers 23 verse 19 from the Amplified. And I know someone is probably watching tonight and listening and saying, Shola, it's been a really tough year. And I'm tired. I feel so discouraged, overwhelmed disappointed. I have prayed and I have waited and I'm just struggling to believe. I want to believe but I am struggling. I want to remind you that God sees you. For one of his names is Jehovah Eroy, the God who sees. He sees you. He understands and he knows. He understands and he sees your pain. Which is why the story about the man in the Gospel of St. Mark, chapter 9, verse 24, when crying out to Jesus to heal his son, brings so much encouragement. As he cried out to Jesus, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. So if you are in that position today, I would like to encourage you to come to God and say, Lord, help me. I believe, I so want to believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. 
Help me to believe again in Jesus. Help me to believe again in you. Help me to believe again in your promises, Lord. God has spoken, and you and I must believe. Sign two, stop for a guide. I love traveling, and I have a dream, God willing, to visit as many countries in the world as God would allow me to. And often when you get to a new city, a new country, the first thing they tell you is that you need a guide so you don't get lost. And in this new thing, this new day of destiny that we are walking into, that God is taking us into, you and I need a guide. Because, you know, a new thing is something that you haven't experienced before. A new thing is something that, as the word says, is new. I remember when I climbed Mount Kilimanjaro on the final day, the final ascent of the mountain, after six days of steady climbing. And you know, the last day, the last leg of Kilimanjaro is climbed in pitch darkness. And you start at midnight and you climb for about six to eight hours minimum to the peak of the mountain. And the reason why they do that is because they say when people see what they have to climb, their hearts faint. Their mind kicks in and tells them that they can't do it. Or fear sets in and they are frightened and they're like, no, no, they get panic attacks. And so you climb the final ascent of Mount Kilimanjaro at nighttime in pitch darkness at midnight. And so you need the invaluable guide, the invaluable help of the guides. For the guides know the way because they have climbed Kilimanjaro so many times. But for most of the climbers, like it was for me, it was a new thing. It was something I'd never done before, so I needed a guide. And all of us climbers, you must have a torch. And you take the torch and you focus it on the feet of the guide. And you must pay close attention to the guide's feet. So if the guide takes a left turn, you don't ask or question, you do a left turn. And if the guide does a right turn, you don't question, you do a right turn. And if the guide stops, you stop. For the faint light provided by the torch is only bright enough for you to see the guide's feet that leads you in the path you must take to climb Kilimanjaro. And the Bible in John 16, 13 calls the Holy Spirit our guide, the one who leads you and I into all truth, who leads us along paths new, and who leads us into our new day of destiny. And you and I need to listen and watch and follow attentively our guide, the Holy Spirit, and obey what he says to you and I. Because it is a new thing we are entering into and you and I do not know. We have no idea where we are going, where we're supposed to go or what even our destiny is. We don't know. And you know, the Bible uses many metaphors to describe the character of the Holy Spirit. The Bible describes him as wind, as fire, as rivers of living water, as the breath of life. God uses things in the natural like seasons to drive home truths, his truth. And another metaphor that the Bible uses to describe the Holy Spirit is as a dove. And the dove is a beautiful and gentle bird. Our anchor text in verse 12b says, I hear the cooing of doves in our land, filling the air with songs to awaken you and guide you forth. And this metaphor of the dove is a powerful one. It's a powerful sign to reinforce how important it is to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in this journey that we're on into the new day of destiny and to be led by it and obey. 
You know, I find it so insightful that the male dove makes a, a soft cooing sound described as a sweet, low sound. And isn't the Holy Spirit often said to speak to us in a still, small voice? And also interesting is that in early March, the start of spring, at the change of the season, at the start of spring, a new season, after winter, the male dove begins to softly coo. And as he coos, he becomes louder and louder and louder and louder. And you know that cooing and the louder cooing is a signal of the start of a new season. It is a signal of an end of a new season. The male dove's cooing is to draw attention to himself and to his presence. And the cooing is to draw the females near, the female dove near for this change and this new season. And you know the Holy Spirit like that is calling you and I. He's calling us to himself in this new season. He's calling us to draw closer, to draw nearer, to come higher with his still small voice, with his sweet cooing. Can you hear him saying, arise my love, my beautiful companion, and run with me to the higher place. Can you hear his voice? Song of Songs 2.13. He's calling us higher. The seasons has changed. It's not church as usual. It's not church as normal. It's not about religion anymore. It's all about deep intimacy with the Spirit of God. That's the new season. That's the new day of destiny. And you and I develop this intimacy through spending time in his presence, acknowledging his presence, worshiping him, spending time in his word, praying, just being still and listening to him, what we are doing during Pursuit of God 2021. But it's not just about pursuit of God and once it's over, no. Or it's not about church conferences and it's not about our Sunday services. But it's about a daily, daily, day by day, all the days of our life, our life's journey. Every season of life, listening and following the leading of the Holy Spirit. The third sign, sign three, don't forget those massive signs on the freeway. And it reads, first has no season. A Coca-Cola campaign in the 1920s says, thirst has no season. And Jesus cried out when he walked on the face of the earth. He said, is anyone thirsty? Let him drink. In Song of Songs 2, verse 11, we read, the rains have soaked the earth and left it bright with blossoming flowers. You know, after the winter season has gone, Rain, water is needed. For if there is no rain, the daffodils, the flowers, the trees can't bring forth flowers and fruit. The seeds can't grow. And animals coming out of hibernation will just stay in hiding. For rain is needed to break up dry, fallow and barren ground so that the ground can soak up the moisture and the seeds in the soil can develop into a plant and come out. Water is needed for a seed to bring forth all that is inherent in it. And the rain empowers the bringing forth, the production of the new. And I noticed in that scripture that we just read, verse 11, that the Bible says, the scripture says, rains as in plural, not rain. 
which I believe speaks of rain after rain after rain after rain and outpouring of rain in the new season. And that's another metaphor of the Holy Spirit, rain. You and I, we need the rain, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in this new season. We need to thirst for the Spirit of God. Like the psalmist said in Psalm 63, 1, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. We need to thirst for the Spirit of God, for the constant rain of His Spirit, for the outpouring of His Spirit over our lives, over our families, over our church, over this church, over the body of Christ in the UK and the world, over the nation, the UK and over the nations. We need the outpouring of His Spirit. We need to cry out to God and tell him that we are thirsty. We thirst for him and only him. That he would pour out his spirit upon us. That he would pour out his presence. And in this season and every season, like the Coca-Cola advert said, thirst has no season. We always thirst for the spirit of God. But you and I have a role to, in playing, a role to play in triggering the outpouring of God's spirit. And that is that we must thirst for him. You and I need to cry out to God on a daily basis. And in this season, this new day of destiny, saying, Lord, like the deer pants after the water brook, so I thirst after you. I pant after you. And like Jesus said, and I read it again, Jesus called out in a loud voice in the Gospel of John, chapter 7, from verse 37 to 38 in the Amplified. And he said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, who adheres to, who trusts in me, who relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost belly will flow continually rivers of living water. We need continual rivers of living water to flow over our bellies in this new season of destiny. Rivers of peace, rivers of wisdom, rivers of understanding, rivers of insight, rivers of discernment. We need those rivers. You know, science tells us that the human body cannot survive without three days of not drinking water. And likewise, in our spirits, our spirits get thirsty and they dry out and they wilt and they become ineffective when we don't have the constant infilling of the Spirit of God in our lives. The fourth sign reads change in the air. Song of Songs our anchor scripture, verse 13, reads, Can you not discern this new day of destiny? Breaking forth around you, the early signs of my purposes and plans are bursting forth. But there is a question that I've asked myself and I ask you today. But how do we recognize the change I hear someone say? How do I discern it? What is that change? What does God have in mind for the new day of destiny? And I believe as I read our anchor scripture that one of his purposes is that it is a season of the manifestation of his plans and purposes. You know, for a person to think that this new day of destiny is really about me, myself, and I, and having my needs and deep heart's desires met in this new season is not, is not so for God will definitely bless us. Yes, he will. I know that. As he takes us into the new in our lives and the lives of our loved ones, he will bless us. But I believe that the new day of destiny is bigger than me, is bigger than you, is bigger than all of us. For the same, our same anchor scripture in verse 13 says, 
the budding vines of new life are now blooming everywhere, everywhere, all the nations of the earth. So it definitely sounds to me like something that is much bigger than any one of us could ever imagine. And I believe the key is to keep on asking God to reveal to us, line upon line, precept upon precept, that what really, Father, is the new day of destiny? What does it really mean? And Jesus told us in Matthew 7, 7, that ask, and I'm reading the TPT, ask and the gift is yours, seek and you will discover. Knock and the door will be opened for you, for every persistent one will get what he asks for. And every persistent seeker will discover what he longs for. And everyone who knocks persistently will one day find an open door. If we keep asking and seeking, God will reveal to each and every single one of us what he has in mind for the new day of destiny. What God would have us do. What God requires of you and I in this new day of destiny. What role would he have us do? And I believe in this new season, in this new day of destiny, that God would have us work in partnership with him to bring forth his plans and purpose of rebuilding broken worlds in a world that is broken and hurting. For in this new season, the harvest of souls is ripe. There are many dry bones in the valley, in the valley of indecision. And God needs you and he needs me and he needs all of us to be completely available. Completely available to be used by him with everything he has blessed us with. With our gifts, with our talents, with our graces that he has endowed us with. He wants us to use it to serve our generation and bring healing and rebuild broken and torn down walls. In Jesus name that our lives will be a sign and that they might see Jesus the sign of hope to the whole world. And as we see those signs on the freeway, he would have us to be a sign to show his love through our lives to a world that is hurting. That's what the new day of destiny is about. To preach his truth, to preach the gospel for the saving of souls, that's what the new day of destiny is about. To serve the marginalized, the disadvantaged, and the less privileged, that is what the new day of destiny is about. To intentionally mentor the, ne mentor the next generation, that is what the new day of destiny is about. To stand in the gap and intercede for God's mercy and deliverance in the nations of the world, that's what the new day of destiny is about. To be gospel patrons and kingdom treasurers with kingdom businesses that the gospel can go to the far-flung parts of the earth. That is what the new day of destiny is about. To be a voice for the voiceless, like a voice for the persecuted church, our brothers and sisters who love Jesus like you and I but are persecuted for, our faith, for their faith. That is what the new day of destiny is about. To pour out our lives as a living sacrifice, to be used by God for his glory and his glory alone. That is what the new day of destiny is about. Like Nehemiah, like Nehemiah Jew, who was an, a high official in the courts of King Artexas, I hope I pronounced that well. During the captivity of the children of Israel in the Persian kingdom. He, had, he caught the burden of God for the time, for that season, to rebuild the broken down walls of Jerusalem. And in this new day of destiny, God is calling you and I to do the same. That the world might see the signs of our lives. The world might see the sign and get to know Jesus through you and I. For our lives, the impact of our lives must in this season bring change in the air. Our lives must bring the fragrance of Christ. 
Apostle Paul in the book of Romans 8, 8, 19 writes that the entire universe is standing on tiptoe. And I add, looking at the signs, looking for the signs and yearning to see the unveiling, the sign of God's glorious sons and daughters. This new day of destiny, this new season is waiting for you and I to manifest God's glory. The fifth sign. And it reads, beware of foxes. Song of Songs 2 verse 15 says, you must catch the troubling foxes. Those sly little foxes that hinder our relationship. For they raid our budding vineyard of love to ruin what I have planted within you. Will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. I love it. It's obvious in this text that Foxes in the Bible are a metaphor for sin. A metaphor for sin, for compromise, for destructive habits, for destructive personality traits, for addictions, for those sins that the Bible says easily beset you and I. A metaphor for anything that displeases and grieves God's heart. You know, I'm sure that members of my family and friends that know me and when they heard this sign, I'm sure there's a smile that comes across their face as they listen. For if there was ever a degree in foxes, and if there was ever a degree, I don't know, maybe they call it foxology, I'm on my way to obtaining it. For the area where we live is plagued with foxes. And you will often see them struttering across our garden in broad daylight. And I remember how when they were small, when they were cubs. I saw one one day and I thought, oh, wow, how cute. But the trouble is that foxes grow very fast and they also reproduce very fast. And like sin, which starts off really small and if not dealt with ruthlessly when it is small and when it is manageable, it grows and it grows in hearts and it becomes entrenched and eventually tries to take over lives with a view to ultimately destroy and so the foxes in, my, in our clothes, the foxes in my back garden, they grew and they grew. <laughs> and they began to jump on our cars and scratch our paintwork. And they became, as JJ said, squatters. And squatters who had the backing of the British law. Legal squatters. And they would, like King Solomon says, they would dig up our flowers and they would dig up our, our lawn. And they would just mess it up. And they would, you, would, you would block this hole and they would, they would repair the fences and they would squeeze through narrow bars. And they would drink from a little water display that we have. And they would walk around the perimeter of our gardens. And they would pee around the perimeters of our garden. And they would take so they would Sochi's balls in the garden. They would lift their leg and they would pee over Sochi's balls, marking out their territory. Because foxes are very territorial animals. They mark out their territory just like sin. For sin would like to take control and dominion over our hearts and, and mark out our life as its territory. Try to keep our lives in the season of winter, out of this new season, out of this new day of destiny. <laughs> and you know, sometimes I just open my door and I see a fox run away and it would hide behind something or maybe a shed and it would be watching me from, from a distance and I'd go in and it would come out and I would come out and it would run away like it was playing hide and seek with me. For foxes are very sly and they're very cunning. That synonym that tells us that as sly and cunning as a fox is so true. And it's just like sin. 
how sin can hide in our hearts to make us think that it is not there and cause us to believe that really it's not there or to, to cause us to be deceived that what sin is is not sin. Just like a fox. <laughs> and you know these foxes sometimes will fight each other and they will kill their young cubs and we found dead carcasses of, of, of baby foxes in our neighbor's garden. For there is never just one family of foxes. And they will come and one alpha male will meet another alpha male and they will kill and they will fight each other like sin. The Bible says that sin comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. <laughs> and it always attracts like foxes more sin. And you know another thing about foxes finally is that they leave a foul odor. It is so strong that it masks the fragrance of, of the grass and the flowers. So much so that if I haven't seen them in days, I just need to walk out of my door and I can smell. And I know that even though I haven't seen them in days, they're very much around somewhere. And it's just like sin, because sin will mark the fragrance of Christ in our lives. Like King Solomon said in our text, it will, mask the, it will pollute the fragrance in the air. It's important that you and I radiate the fragrance of Christ. And it's unfortunately something that we sometimes can forget, that God will not journey with us if we live in habitual sin, if we live a life of compromise, of disobedience. And so you and I must do all we can, like King Solomon said, to catch the troubling foxes and remove them, to remove sin from our lives, to deal with it ruthlessly. You know, in verse 15 of, of our anchor text, the bridegroom king, Jesus, says, will you catch them and remove them for me? We will do it together. And God is saying in this season that I'm not going to leave you alone. Ask me to help you and I will. We will get rid of this sin together. For our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ understands and he says, come to me. Repent and my blood, my precious blood that was shed for the forgiveness and the deliverance of sin will bring an end to it. And you can enter into your new day of destiny. The sixth sign, number six, and it reads, God loves you. In the journey of entering into the new day of destiny, you and I must remember that God loves you. Song of Songs 2.9 says, now he comes closer, even to the places where I hide. He gazes into my soul, peering through the portal as he blossoms within my heart. The one I love calls to me. God's love in this new season, new day is calling to you. And you may be watching right now and feeling unloved, alone, abandoned, feeling dejected at this moment, feeling like it is still winter, feeling like God has forgotten you and God doesn't love you. It is a lie for God loves you. He loves you with an eternal love. It never changes. It never runs out. It's one thing that doesn't change with seasons. For God has gone to the extreme by giving his son to die on the cross for you and I. He loves us. And he speaks words of love and affirmation over us. Verse 12 of, the, of our text talks about the new season being a season of singing and pruning. The vines that have arrived. And God sings over us, believe it or not. You know, one of my favorite scriptures is Zephaniah 3, 17. And I'm reading from the NKJV. The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. 
God will quiet all your fears, all your anxieties, all your uncertainties as you journey into the new day of destiny. He will quiet it with his love and he will sing over you with joy. God loves you. You know, in the season of spring, the gardener must prune the flowers. And you know, I'm told that it's actually a painful experience for the flowers. But the truth is that if the gardener doesn't prune the flowers or the trees, they grow in an unruly fashion. And you know, the beauty about pruning, even though it's painful, is that it encourages the bearing of more fruit and more flowers and of a better quality when it is pruned. And it is the same in our journey with God, that God must prune us from time to time. He must take away things in our lives like temperaments and personality traits that could become unruly and could become out of control. So that we likewise, like the fruits, will bear more fruits. We will bear more vegetation and our fruits will be of a greater quality for his kingdom and for his glory. And so at those times when pruning is painful or when we go through challenging times, remember that that pain must not make us think that God doesn't love us. Remember at those times and in those seasons that God loves you. Keep that sign in your mind that God loves you. And my final sign, sign seven, the seventh sign. And you know, I'm a daughter of the house of Jesus' house and so I have seven points. And that last seventh sign reads, do it now. For you know, in this season, and every time I open up Song of Songs, the second chapter to read, and just in my spirit as I hear things that are going on, there's an urgency in this new season. There's an urgency for us to get up and do what God wants us to do and accomplish. Like we said earlier, seasons change. They don't stay the same forever. Winter doesn't stay winter forever. Spring doesn't stay spring forever. Autumn doesn't stay autumn forever. Seasons change. And there's a sense of urgency in this our new day of destiny to be up and about the Father's business, our Father's business. To do what God would have you and I to do, his early plans and purposes. And so today, to everyone listening under the sound of my voice, in this new season, is God calling you to pray? To intercede in this new day of destiny, do it now with all your might. Is he calling you to teach? Then teach diligently and study to show yourself approved in this new season. Is he calling you to set up kingdom businesses and to be a gospel patron? Then start now. Be diligent, be bold, be courageous, be audacious. Is he calling you to start a charitable organization? <laughs> then like Nike said, just do it. Is he calling you to write that book, to sing that song, to be a voice of advocacy? Is he calling you to preach? Then do it with all your might, with all your heart, with all your soul in this season. Is he calling you to love those who are hurting? Then love passionately with all your heart. Is he calling you to mentor the next generation? There is an urgency to do it now for the next generation are growing older day by day and they are moving slowly into another season. There is an urgency in the air in this new day of destiny to do it now. To do it now. We see it in our anchor text where the bridegroom king says, Arise now, arise now. There is an urgency in this new day of destiny. And as I end my message today, I want to make an altar call for a call for anyone who has been listening today and doesn't have a relationship with 
who the Song of Songs TPT version describes and calls the Bridegroom King, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. For life is a journey, and this new season of destiny, new day of destiny is just a part of the season. And the truth is that through the journey of life, you and I can't, can't exist, we can't survive without the presence of the Bridegroom King in our lives. His name is Jesus. He is King of Kings. He is Lord of Lords. He is the Son of the Living God. And He is also the Bridegroom. The church is His bride, and you and I are His bride, and He draws us to Himself. He is our Lord and He's our Savior. And the Holy Spirit is His Spirit, for the Holy Spirit is also the Spirit of Christ. And He's calling you like a gentle dove. He's cooing. He's calling you to draw near today. He's calling you to come closer. And so if you are here and you don't know Jesus, his voice is getting louder and louder and louder in your heart. And he's saying, come to me, I love you. I died for you. And that if it is you, I'd like you to put your hand on your heart. For the relationship with Christ, the newness, the change of heart, it starts. The newness, it ch the change starts in our heart. And I'd like you to pray. Wherever you are, just bow your head, put your hand on your heart and just pray. And so, if that is you, just repeat after me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your words to me today. I know that you love me. You love me so much that you died on the cross for me. I'm sorry for all my sins, for all the things I have done that have grieved your heart. Forgive me, Lord. I promise to turn away from them by your grace. And today, I ask that you will be my Lord and Savior. I ask for that new day, that new day of destiny. Come into my life and make me yours. I ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And if you said that prayer, you are a child of God. Welcome to your new day of destiny. Welcome to a new season when God is making all things new in your heart and in your life. And you know, in our chat box, a link will come up. And if you wouldn't mind, we'll ask that you could click that link and complete the form and just let us know a little bit about yourself. It will enable us to come alongside you in this new journey that you have started, this new journey of destiny, and um, us being able to provide resources that you might need as the days and the months and the years go by. And in the short time that I have left, I would like to lead two prayers. And the first prayer I would, I would love us to pray together is to cry out to the Holy Spirit, to say, Holy Spirit of the living God, we thirst for you. Come and fill us afresh. Come and fill us anew. Fill us up till we overflow. We want to go deeper in you. We want, to, we want deeper intimacy. Wherever you are today, lift your voice and cry out to the Spirit of God. Oh, Spirit of the living God, we lift our voices today, oh God. We need you as the deer pants for the waters. We need you. We need you to fill us up. We need you to wash out everything in us that is not of you. Fill us up, Lord, till we overflow. We thirst for you, O oh God. Cause us to constantly thirst for you, for your spirit, for your presence. Oh, how we need you. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh and fill us up afresh, Lord. We need you. We need you. We need you. We need you. We need you, Holy Spirit. We need you. We need you. 
And the second prayer I'd like us to pray together is to ask God to deliver us from the bondage of tyranny of sin. You know, one of the things I have been saying of recent that I'm in reverential fear of God. And today I want us to lift our voices and cry out that, Lord, if there is any sin in my life, if there is anything in my life that grieves you, no matter how small, no matter how insignificant I think it is, oh, like, like our bridegroom king said in the Song of Songs, come and help me. Let us get rid of them together. Lord Jesus, come and help us. Come and help us to get rid of every sin, every unrighteousness, everything that grieves you in our hearts. Come and help us. Come and help us to get rid of the foxes that threaten to destroy our relationship of love. Come and help us. Come and help us, Lord. We can't do it on our own. For the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who knows it? Lord, help us. Lord, strengthen us. Lord, deliver us. We plead the blood of Jesus. We ask that you will help us as only you can. And so our Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We thank you for your word to us that this is a new season, a new day, a new day of destiny. Father, your word is true, O oh God, and it never returns unto you void, O oh God. And so, Father, let every word that I have spoken tonight and every word that has been spoken over the seven days gone by and every word that will be spoken for the rest of the time of pursuit of God, let it enter into our hearts and let it change our hearts that we will truly, O oh God, enter into the new day of destiny, the new beginning that you have purposed for us. Father, I thank you. I give you praise. I bless your name, Lord. You receive all the glory, Lord. In Jesus' name I prayed. Amen and amen. Well, thank you, church. And God bless you and keep you in your new day of destiny. Amen.